Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad that you're here. So today we are going to talk in honor of the passing of the great Olympia Dukakis. One of, I call it a chick flick, one of my favorite quotable movies, and one that was on repeat for me back when I was a teenager. And that is Steel Magnolias. So I can't believe this movie came out in 1989. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but I can tell you the first time um, that I actually saw this movie, I'll never forget it. I was staying over at my friend Kelly's house and we went to Blockbuster and got the videotape. <laughs> and I remember we were watching it in her living room and in the movie, uh, and I'm going to assume everybody has seen this because if you haven't seen it, I think you've been living under a rock or you're too young. I, I mean, really, that's kind of what it is because this is a classic, total classic movie, whether you like Julia Roberts, Dolly Parton, Sally Field, wh whichever one you absolutely love or and or you were a teenage girl in the late 80s, early 90s, you saw this movie. You had it on repeat. Maybe you still do. But anyway, so there there are some scenes <laughs> where uh, they're sitting in a locker room and these guys are changing after a football game and they are in various stages of undress. And I remember <laughs> sitting there going, what kind of movie are we watching that I'm seeing men's butts walk by and uh, guys in jock straps. And there was one that was extra bashful because he was wearing a, a towel with his jock strap over top. So good fun there. But that's a that's a memory that I just don't forget, apparently. Um, so if you look up the movie in IMDb, uh, it sits at just under two hours. And the description for it is I think rather misleading. So it says a young beautiful, or I'm sorry, a young beautician newly arrived in a small Louisiana town finds work at the local salon where a group of women share a close bond of friendship and welcome her into the fold. Although yes, all of that is true and it does happen. I don't feel that that is representative of the movie that I watched. Um, I do think it's about that group of women and their friendship. Um, you know, Malin says at one point, laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. And it, it, I think that sums up the movie to me more than anything else. They, they have such fun. They have an amazing bond together where they can laugh and they can cry and they share life's heartaches. So if for some reason you don't know or you don't recall the movie, it mainly centers around um, Shelby. And Shelby is played by Julia Roberts. This was one of her first roles. So her first one was Mystic Pizza. And that movie is the one that she was actually filming when she got offered this role. She was the third choice for uh, Shelby. And it initially went to, um, they wanted uh, 
Winona Ryder uh, because she had just done Beetlejuice, but they determined she was too young because she was about 16. And so since the character is getting married, that's a little young, even for the South. Um, so then they had Meg Ryan attached to it, and she ended up leaving the movie for uh, when Harry met Sally or no, maybe it was You've Got Mail. One of those two. She left the movie to go take the lead in that one instead. So um, then it ended up with Julia Roberts. And according to the casting director, when she walked in and started reading Shelby, they were like, that's that's our girl. So it, it mainly centers around her and her mother, uh, Malin Eatonton, played by Sally Field. And so the the crew, the, the crew that's rounded out here, we've got Dolly Parton, who plays a hairdresser named Truvy. And Dolly actually learned how to be a hairdresser for this movie because in the scenes where she's trying to create Shelby's hair for her wedding, she uh, wanted to, to make it look realistic and she wanted to be able to make it seem like she knew what she was doing. So she actually learned how to do hair um, and even she has said that she is very picky about her hair so um, she has been known over the years to um, be quite harsh with her hairdressers so I'm sure that was an interesting experience for her uh, but then we have Shirley McLean plays Weezer um, and for most of my life, I thought Weezer was spelled with a W, you know, like the band Weezer. Uh, but Weezer is actually spelled with an O. So that's probably a Louisiana thing. Uh, then we have Daryl Hannah, who plays Anel. And they didn't want to hire Daryl Hannah for this role either because um, she had just come off of uh, Splash and they said she's too beautiful to play this character, Anel. And um, she argued and fought, and when she came in for her audition, she was hardly recognizable. So um, between makeup and hair and everything else, she, uh, she convinced them that she was right for the part. And then we have Clary, played by Olympia Dukakis, who has some of the best lines in the whole movie. Um, and funny enough... Um, the men in this movie don't really get much to say or do. They're kind of, they're off on the side. Um, in fact, uh, Shelby has two brothers and you, um, I know one of them's Tommy uh, and the other one's Jonathan. And you hear their names once and I think they both say like just a couple of lines. Um, and then we have Dylan McDermott who plays um, Jackson. That is Shelby's fiance. And Tom Skerritt plays... Uh, Drum Eatonton, her father, and Sam Shef Sam Shepard is Truvy's husband, Spud. Um, so, you know, we've, and there are some other guys in here too, but they, there's just not a whole lot to say about them. But, um, so Shelby's our main character, and we learn pretty early on that she is diabetic, and uh, she's, under a lot of stress because they're getting married and they just went to the doctor and found out that children um, are not possible. So still up in the air, whether it's not 
possible or not advisable, really, if you if you think about it. And I, as I watch it nowadays, I think it's more not advisable rather than not possible. Um, and uh, so she gets really stressed out. And then when they're doing their hair for the wedding, um, she has an issue with her blood sugar and ruins her hair and has kind of a little meltdown and they they put her all back together and she stabilizes and off they go to get married. Um, and so we kind of bounce around between the events in their life and every major scene in the movie takes place on a holiday. And I didn't realize this the first few dozen times that I watched it, um, but it actually is for um, for each one of these holidays. You've got Christmas, there was Easter, there's Fourth of July, uh, Thanksgiving. So they they kind of hit all of them, um, which I think is is funny. So every significant moment falls around a holiday. So you've got Shelby's wedding. Easter, Shelby, um, Shelby's return and uh, pregnancy announcement is at Christmas. Shelby's surgery and her son's birthday is 4th of July. Annelle's bridal shower and Shelby's collapse is at Halloween. And Annelle goes into labor on Easter. So um, very bookended moments in time. And many people don't know that this was actually based on a true story. So the writer, Robert Harling, he wrote this, uh, it was as a play, and he wrote it as a way of coping with the passing of his sister, Susan. And she died from complications related to diabetes in 1985. And apparently it just took him 10 days to write it. It was, it was cathartic. It was therapeutic. He just got it all out there. And um, one of the quotes that I found from him said that he had no idea what he had written. He first asked, uh, or he asked the first person that he gave it to, to even look and see if it seemed like a play of some sort. Um, He wasn't really sure what he had at that point. All he knew was that it portrayed his sister's life and spirit accurately, and that was all that he had wanted. So um, pretty quickly it was picked up as a play and turned into... Um, an off-Broadway production. So it started in March of 1987 at a theater in New York City, and then it closed in February of 1990 after 1,126 performances. So that's pretty uh, that's pretty good for something that was written just out of out of grief, really. Uh, one of Nicole Kidman's earliest roles actually was playing Shelby in the Sydney's stage version of this play. So um, that was one of her um, beginning roles, and and I would find it hard to see her as a Shelby, but, um, you know, apparently that was that was quite the, the uh, role for her at the time. So um, let's see. The, the director of the movie was apparently quite mean. And um, Shirley MacLaine had once said in 2013 regarding the film that the director was so mean and stern and very harsh that some of her deepest memories of filming this movie was how they bonded together as actresses after he told one of them or all of them that they couldn't act. 
And um, he had apparently suggested um, that uh, Dolly Parton should take acting lessons. And he, you know, he felt that she couldn't act. And um, Sally Field actually said that you don't say that kind of thing to Dolly Parton. She's absolutely the funniest, wittiest, and filthiest, and she'll cut you to ribbons. Um, and apparently he went after Julia Roberts as well. And, um, you know, considering it was her first really big film, because Mystic Pizza was and is kind of a cult classic, but it's a very small film. And, and I don't think a lot of people have seen it before. It's one of my favorites. It's definitely a Julia Roberts favorite for me. Um, but she would come to um, Shirley MacLaine's house at night and say, I think I'm terrible and she was always in tears. And so I can imagine how difficult that was, at, you know, being a professional trying to do your job. And here you've got the director screaming at you all the time. Um, so according to the writer, it was really important for him that the movie was shot in his hometown of, uh, and I'm, pro- I'm just going to say it's in Louisiana. It's like Nacogdoches, maybe. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Um, and as soon as they said, okay, we'll film it here, then he signed the line and agreed to sell the rights for the movie. Um, and apparently you can still go to that town and see some of the, the impact of that film there today, which now you know it's on my list of things I want to do. Um, you can stay in the Eatonton house and there's an official tour which will take you around to um, to the various filming locations and the the main images of Malin's home are this Cook Taylor house which was built in the 1840s Um, at the time it was a residential home and the people that lived there moved out and went to an apartment so that way they could have filming Um, and not to disturb the filmmakers, which I think is really interesting um, that they would move out completely. Because if you look at a show like uh, Downton Abbey, for example, or even the movie that came after it and the one that they're filming now, the count and countess that live there, they still live there. And they just kind of go off to the side while they're being filmed that day and come back to their house. They didn't they don't leave it. So um, I think it's interesting that these folks left, let them have free run of the home. And um, in 2003, they actually turned the property into a bed and breakfast and named it the Steel Magnolia House. So who would like to do a road trip with me and uh, go stay there? I'm, I'm game for it whenever you are. Um, so one thing that I think is really touching is um, try in, in trying to keep the filming as close to realistic as you can, uh, they hired the actual doctors and nurses who looked after Susan Harling in her final days to do the same for Shelby on set. And the nurse that turns off Shelby's life support in the film is the one that did that in real life uh, for for Susan. So I I think that's quite a it's a testament to here's the job that these folks do that they didn't want to hire an actor for. And um, 
obviously the care that they showed for his sister was great enough that he felt he wanted to honor them with you know, with a role in this in this movie um and he the the writer wanted his mom to leave the set when they filmed Julia Roberts' death scene uh, but his mom insisted on staying so she could see Julia get up and walk away every day after they yelled cut and I can't imagine, you know, how hard it is to watch your daughter's story being filmed um, and then being in that place where you could watch this character get up and walk away when that's not something that your child was able to do. So, you know, I think that shows some pretty, um, a pretty uh, strength of character and uh, what a tough lady that she was. Um. So apparently during during one point when he was writing uh, writing the the play, he hit a, a writer's block and he really channeled his sister for what became one of the most famous scenes, which in reality, every scene in this movie is a famous scene because I I don't know of too many times that I can't quote this movie in some way or another. Um, you know, but he would think, what would she do? And what she would do is something completely outrageous and something inappropriate and out of the box. And the result um, was actually at Shelby's funeral when Malin is, is distraught and, and crying and goes on this very long monologue. Uh, this whole scene was filmed in one take in, at the uh, cemetery there. And Clary cheekily says, Malin should should go ahead and take a whack at Weezer. And, you know, half a chicken pen parish would give their eye teeth to take a whack of Weezer. I still remember that. <laughs> so, um, you know, but that was that was kind of how he he just channeled what would what would my sister do and, and created that moment, which became a classic part of this um, of this movie. And uh, apparently you know, when you're watching it, and we, we talked about you go through all these seasons. Well, when you're in the South, um, it's it can be warm in the summertime. And they were filming during the summer, uh, many days well over 100 degrees. And so when they had to film the Christmas scenes in December, the cast had to wear sweaters and winter hats and, you know, and everything for these festival scenes when it was over 100 degrees. So I, you know... Definitely give them credit for gutting it out for that moment. Um, so the writer had also explained that he um, he gave it the title Steel Magnolias because it was meant to capture this complex mix of strength and vulnerability that was exhibited by the women he knew growing up who then became characters in this movie. And... He said that his mom always told him to handle a magnolia blossom very carefully because they bruise. And um, you think of this flower as being so delicate and it has to be handled with this care, but it's made of really strong stuff. So that's how it, it, it was just a play on something beautiful but strong like steel. And they, they make different references to it in the movie. Um, another fun fact... Uh, during Jack's birthday, when he's uh, when they're singing, um, what is it, Yankee Doodle, 
dandy or whatever. Um, I always thought it was strange that they never showed Julia Roberts holding him. Um, And that's because Jack Jr. was played by a little girl who was frightened to sit on anybody else's lap. So her mom had to actually sit there and do that scene to keep her from crying. So um, that is why we do not see Julia Roberts in that scene. And they keep it shoulder height and below so that way you can't see that it's it's that little girl's mom, um, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, Olympia Dukakis, when they when they shot the movie poster, um, she was not available, and so they had another woman jump in and pose with Shirley MacLaine, and then they superimposed her head onto the image, so it wasn't even her originally in that scene or in that uh, movie poster. But uh, so those were just some of the fun, the fun little facts that I found out. Um, One other thing, the, so the cemetery scene is probably the most powerful moment of the whole movie. I mean, there's great funny uh, quips all throughout, but that cemetery scene is just, it just rips your heart out. And Sally Field does what Sally Field does best here. And, and I love watching her work and how she can take those emotions from being upset and angry and crying to laughing and healing. And uh, Sally Field said that she screamed into a pillow for hours before that scene. So her voice would be raw in order to be more evocative. And I've often wondered, and, you know, again, I think I've talked about this before with, like, filmmaking and stuff, and I find it so interesting, some of the things that they do to create these scenes. And I often wonder when somebody um, when somebody has a really hoarse voice, how did they, how did they get, you know, like, did they have a cold that day? So they completely rewrote the script for that person to act something with a cold or was something done on purpose? Do they have to try to sound hoarse and raspy? So all of those kind of things are just fascinating to me. But, you know, who would have known that part of part of doing this is screaming into a pillow for hours? Uh, but, you know, Steel Magnolias, like I said, is a, a chick flick. I can't tell you how many sleepovers I went to that this was on the menu. So it was usually Steel Magnolias and Beaches. Um, were the two. And it is it is crazy to think of how many times I saw the combination of these two movies. And I'm not sure why, because they're they're pretty heavy topics, but they were like the friend, you know, um, I'm gonna be friends with you forever kind of thing. And Y'all sit and laugh and then cry together, and that's what bonds you. I'm not sure, um, but uh, I think we, I think Kelly and I were in. I want to say it was sixth or seventh grade when this one came out. So we weren't in high school yet. Um, so we were probably seventh grade then. And uh, be kind, rewind. <laughs> bring that video back to uh, Blockbuster and away we went. But so Olympia Dukakis, um, 89 years old, just passed away. And uh, so that's why I chose this movie for today to talk about 
Again, it's an absolute classic. It's one of my favorites. You can find me quoting it many different occasions. But that's all I have for you today. Make sure you stop over at Instagram and say hello. And uh, take care and be well.